Welcome to the Truth About Your Health podcast, where it's our mission to expose the truth about your health to burnt out men and women so we can empower 100 million people to go from exhausted to energized. We do this by exposing the truth in all different areas of health and wellness on each podcast that you are simply just not being told. And this ultimately prevents you from having the abundance of energy that you are looking for. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of The Less Stressed Life, where we teach exhausted and burnt out adults the truth about adrenal fatigue so that they can get their health back quickly. And today I'm really excited to be joined with Austin Brud Hopkins, who is the um, senior partner at Indoor Organic Gardens of Poughkeepsie. We're in for a special treat today because we're going to be talking about what I think is really a miracle nutrient. And, and Brad is going to be giving us the details, the ins and outs of what it is and why it's so important. Um, but ultimately, we're going to be talking about sulforaphane and how NERF2 is really a regulatory enzyme for so many inflammatory processes in the body for people that are exhausted and burnt out. This is 101 for them. So, um, Brad, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, so, you know, I got introduced to you a while ago um, where um, your partner, Carol, she had emailed me because I did a, a video on sulforaphane and it just kind of lingered in my inbox for a while until I kept going over my genetic susceptibility reports with my clients. And the worst of the worst, the hardest hit from environmental factors, whether it be mold or chemicals or uh, heavy metals or just stressors in the environment were the ones that had these NERF2 uh, genetic polymorphisms where they're not really signaling their NERF2 pathways effectively. And I had to dig back deep into the emails to find that. And I'm really was excited to join forces with you guys. But I thought, hey, let's get an interview with you so that we can educate people as to exactly what this is and why it's so powerful. So why don't you, Brad, give us a little bit of a detail of your journey and how you started and pioneered the, um, the organic garden of Poughkeepsie and, and, and give us your background story. Okay, be glad to. So somewhere around uh, 2014, uh, and we're located in Center City, Poughkeepsie, New York, which is a great uh, spot certainly, but it's a center city of an old town, and a lot of a lot of unemployed people. Uh, a lot of the social services emanate from Center City, Poughkeepsie, or also the county seat. And uh, so we were looking for something to do with a building that I owned here in uh, in Center City. And so we decided, hey, we heard a lot about indoor growing and gardening and all those things, and so we pursued that. Uh, in the beginning, uh, it was a learning experience, as it oftentimes is when you do things you know nothing about, and we knew nothing about this. And so we started with, with tomatoes and cucumbers, and we were going to do uh, uh, mushrooms and things like that. And we ended up with microgreens, to make the long story short. And so we, uh, we sell microgreens to local restaurants and stores and so on and so forth. And that's kind of cool. And uh, we can scale it to a certain level, but that's not where, where the action is. So then I came upon the Hippocrates quote that uh, let food be thy medicine. 
it's not the first time I'd heard it. Hippocrates is better known for the term uh, uh, do no harm or whatever the, the father of medicine. And so the more we looked into uh, let food be thy medicine, we found that uh, vegetables, plants basically were the key to the whole thing. And so that's why the dinosaurs lived, you know, to age 300. 165 million years dinosaurs roamed the earth. The last one, 65 million years ago, but all they ate were plants. And if you, but everything they ate was fresh. So we decided we'd go with the with the food as medicine. And the problem was that in order to stabilize the microgreen sprouts, which is where the highest density of micronutrients and poly, polyphenols and whatnot exist, in order to do that, we would have to either freeze it or dry it. Freezing is a problem because the first step in freezing, blast freezing, is you have to you have to blanch it, and so you kill all the enzymes. Anything over 120, you kill the enzymes. And the second thing is, if you're going to dry it, dehydrate it, then uh, typically you got to heat it too much too, so you kill that. So the first order of business was to see if we could figure out a way to deliver a powder that was shelf stable. And the real test we have, we're not a lab, etc., is that if you get a powder and it doesn't, it doesn't look like a vegetable, it's not green, and it doesn't smell like a vegetable, then it's probably dead. So we realized that in order to make this stuff work, build its efficacy, as it, as it were, we had to figure out how to dry it and not kill the, the, the living components. And uh, that's what we accidentally ran across as a way to do that. And so once we figured out how to dehydrate this, and there's two headwinds when you dehydrate or when you stabilize, one is temperature. That's why, you know, mom said, you know, don't overcook your vegetables. Not only don't overcook them, you really should pick them and eat them right there. That's the way the dinosaurs ate, ate their plants. They, because they, they harvested them with their teeth. So the ideal way to eat vegetables, if you really want cabbage and broccoli to help you, you should be eating it raw. And the second thing after, if, so if you heat it, you're, you're, you're killing the enzymes at 120, the nutrients at 180. But the second thing is the longer time it takes for you to consume them, then the more diminished there are than these nutrients are in the plant because they're oxidizing, they're rotting. So there was a piece of data that I ran across. And every time I look at something like this, it kind of blew me up because I'm not, I'm just not a, 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 an expert in nutrients or an expert. Hell, I, I didn't know how many nutrients there were. And so I found, someone sent me an article that said spinach, four days after you harvest spinach, Popeye would roll over in his grave if he heard this, four days after you, after you harvest spinach. There's zero vitamin C in it. It goes to zero. So if you're buying spinach here in New York that's grown in your great state of Florida, it's not likely that it's within four days old being harvested, even though it looks pretty good in the middle of the, even in the middle of the winter. There's no, the, the vitamin C is zero. So that, that made it uh, even more uh, compelling for us to find a way to, to stabilize the, the nutrients. And it all emanated from there. And again, indoor gardening is a labor intensive, very labor intensive. We can't get tractors in here or mechanical equipment. So we need people. 
And not a lot of people want to work with their hands in a garden, et cetera. So we don't hire a lot of college graduates. However, we do have a large population of at-risk people in Center City. And so that's where we, that's where we, who we target to, to, to become our employees. And it just works out beautifully. People will say, hey, Brad, you know, you're really doing a great thing for the community. I'm a capitalist. I saw something where there was a surplus, which was labor, uh, inexperienced, unskilled labor, et cetera, et cetera. And I needed, I needed labor and we can teach them how to do this. So that's worked out extremely well. We have no labor problems. We have a, we have a, a recovery uh, office in our building actually that, that works with, uh, with people in recovery. And there's a waiting list to get, uh, to come to work for us for people that want to get, get going. Yeah, I mean, that's a great story. Uh, and it just starts the rabbit hole of so many questions that I have for you pivoting from what you talked about, because there are so many amazing things. But I would just clarify in terms of the capitalism is it has to be synergistic and it has to be, uh, I, I guess, coherent with providing an exceptional high quality product or service that changes lives, which it ultimately does. So you're in coherence with that. Um, also, you were able to, as you said, accidentally come across this way of being able to harvest at high yields or better yields than traditionally a very potent uh, as it relates to inflammation and, and, and in addressing the environmental triggers that the dinosaurs didn't have to contend with in their day and age with, with all of the, the man-made aluminums and deodorants and plastics with water and polyesters in the water and chemicals and particulates, which makes it that much more important to have this NERF2 pathway and what your product yields. Um, and ultimately, so, so what I want to kind of go down though, which is really important as well, is that the killing of enzymes and the heating of, of, of foods and the processing of foods until it ultimately becomes dead. Because I think people don't realize when they go to these different places, like um, there's a place called Blaze Kitchen where they make a pizza in like three minutes because it's at 800 degrees, they don't realize that they're killing their foods, they're killing their enzymes, and they're not able to get the nutrients out of it. So you basically have this just this dead food that doesn't allow them to um, utilize uh, the nutrients that they're meant for. So why don't you go down a little bit the pathway of how you guys evolved into understanding, hey, we really got something here in terms of the product. Now it's this sulforaphane which all these studies. So why don't you take us down that pathway, Brad, in terms of now, what is your main product that you produce and, and how you arrived at that? Good question. And there are several pieces to that, uh, not the least of which first we had to figure out what vegetable, what cruciferous or what plant contains the most uh, uh, and myrosinase. Those are the two ingredients that when they're, when they're when they're combined, they create a sulforaphane. And there we did some testing and we did some, some things out to conventional laboratories and found out that broccoli was up there. But broccoli really was blows everything else away. If you're gonna eat one vegetable, 
it's broccoli. Unfortunately, I'm not a real fan of broccoli, but whatever. And so, uh, so, so we decided on broccoli. The other thing is in reading and studying the data, the clinical research, there's 3000 papers, by the way, published, 3000 clinical studies published since Talalay and, uh, and Jed Fahey and his, their crew at Johns Hopkins isolated sulforaphane back in the early 90s, 91, 92, 3000. That's such a fascinating uh, product that, uh, that everyone's kind of all over it. So, uh, so we decided then on broccoli and we add a little radish to it because if you put a spicy cruciferous vegetable, it seems that there jacks up the morosinase. And so someone told me somewhere, I read somewhere that if you add a little uh, radish or mustard, it'll do the same thing then you increase the, the, the ultimate uh, sulforaphane by something like three to four times. Wow, that was pretty easy. So our product is 80% broccoli and 20%. We use daikon radish with that, which we've tried everything. So we end up with, so we end up with our target product, which is broccoli radish. And then, uh, then the task became, okay, how can we grow it? How can we grow it? to maximize the nutrients. And so we worked with lights and water protocols and so on and so forth. And the great part about our product is it's only 10 days to grow it in a cycle. And so we can try something and 10 days later, we know how it worked and we do it again and do it again and do it again. So everything we do is trial and error for the most part. And so it, it by, by switching up the different techniques of of, uh, of watering and lighting and heating and so on and so forth. For example, we're a CEA, we're controlled environment agriculture. We're totally uh, inside. Now, most CEAs are in greenhouses or something like this, but that's really borderline for what we do. We, put, we grow our product in, in, in literally our clean rooms, in, in pods, in containments. So one of the things that we find that has a lot to do with the nutritional, the potency of the quantity of the micronutrient uh, is, is how do you germinate them? And so seeds are like kids, seeds are like people. Seeds are, seeds, we're all organic, we're all animals or plants. And so if you think about a kid before they're born in their germination stage, their environment is high heat, high humidity in mama's belly basically. And so we germinate at 85, 85, 85 degrees Fahrenheit, 85% humidity. And for three days, once the, once the germination finishes, then we put it back in an environment that's 70 degrees and 40% humidity. But if you think a person uh, is the same way, babies like high humidity, high heat, but then they, they, they outgrow that after a while. They don't like high humidity, high heat. Plants don't either. So sometimes we also use the analogy of dog years, you know, the seven to one. We have plant years. Plants are one to one. A one day old plant is like a one year old person because a 70 year old plant goes to seed. They're pretty well a 70 day old plant, I should say. That's, that's the life cycle of a plant. It's about 70 days. And let's say the life cycle of a person is 70 years hard for a 76 year old like me to say that, but whatever, so I'm 60 years over. And so we treat the plants like as if they're people. 
and so on and so forth. And so at the end of the day, uh, we use vitamin A beta carotene as a baseline. I don't know how I started that. It's just an easy thing to measure with an HPLC machine evidently, and it's the cheapest one. And we went about and asked other people if they could help us grow, learn more about it. And, and, the, and A, they all had to be certif certified organic, not organic, certified organic, which means you have to be 100% in, in the product. And uh, so we started collecting organic uh, broccoli microgreens and started testing them for vitamin A, beta carotene. And best we got was 33,000 IUs per 100 grams, 33,000. We, we average 66,000 units of vitamin A, beta carotene in our production. And so while if we thought about outsourcing the production, so far we're not able to do that because we can't find anybody that can, that can produce the same, same levels of, of, of nutrients without us telling them how we're doing. And that's our proprietary piece is that we've, we've got some things that we do that the, the established or conventional uh, vegetable growers aren't, uh, aren't doing. And, and as a result, I think we have a product, A, that's more potent, it has double the ingredients in it, but moreover, it's live. It's the living, it's the living aspect of it. That's the, that's the real trick, as I say, we dry it at 95 degrees in 18 hours. Yeah, I mean, again, it's amazing how you've become so evolved in, in potentiating and extracting as much of the quality nutrient as you can. And I do want to get into more of what it actually does from a physiological standpoint. Um, but a couple of things that you're really proud of, which I think you should be, is just the high quality, the fact that you don't put it in a capsule the fact that it look, it's green, it smells like it, it could be broccoli. I mean, it's not going to win any taste test, uh, smell no. test awards, right? In terms of how great it smells. Um, but that means that it's going to be that much more uh, therapeutically beneficial. Um, why don't you tell us in terms of, because I love the emails that you send me with some of the markets, some of the competitors on the markets uh, that um, have the similar product that um, just don't have the, the, the same quality. And, and if it's not certified organic, you were telling me a little bit as well as that defeats the whole purpose. Maybe just give us a little insight into that, Brad. Yeah, it, it seems like, and we bought just not, we haven't bought every sulforaphane product on the market because that would be hundreds, but we bought, we bought a lot of them, the ones that are the most popular. And the first thing we look at, uh, if it's powder, the first thing you look at in the powder is we see what color is it. And they all tend to be brown, dark brown, different shades of brown. So that tells me there's no chlorophyll, there's no enzyme, there's nothing live in it. And then uh, the next thing you do is smell it. And when you smell it, you can smell burned glucose. And that means a lot of them. And that means that it's been overheated and that the glucose, the sugar basically has been burned. And you have a, you have a distinct, it doesn't take much to burn uh, glucose. Glucose will burn at about seven degrees over uh, uh, boiling water. I also have a maple syrup business in Maine, by the way, so I've smelled a lot of burned glucose. And so those are the those are the taste tests, you know, sight tests. And so we think if you're not, if you they say if you don't smell bad, and you're not you don't look green, then uh, then you don't have a, you probably don't have a live product. 
The other thing you mentioned was pills, pills, tablets, uh, blah, blah, blah. Now a pill, a double aught pill, which is a standard size capsule people take, holds about a quarter teaspoon of material. And if you put it in your mouth and swallow it, it's probably not gonna get any exposure to your biome until it gets at least into your gut. And then of course the, the test comes in the small intestine where it can it cross the blood barrier. And sulforaphane crosses the blood barrier quite nicely. It's very bioavailable because it's a small molecule as opposed to some of the competitors, which like curcumin is really hot. People love curcumin because it's been marketed. But cur curcumin is about one to 2% bioavailable. They've got some super stuff out there now, but one to 2%. Sulforaphane is about 75 to 80% bioavailable. So all these little, these little tricks of a, it's got to be raw, it's got to be living. Uh, C, I think it has to be uh, a, in a powder because it begins, your receptors begin in your mouth. So people who have heart problems and they take uh, various, you know, emergency medications, uh, they don't take them in pills, they put it under their tongue, they take it sublingually. So we think the first place that should get exposed to this sulforaphane is your mouth. And then, and then it'll work its way through your systems, think, things, things like that. Uh, by the way, the, the competitive products work. I mean, they're fine. There's, there's no such thing as having, you know, eating a bad vegetable or whether it's a powder form or whatever. It's the old, it's the old case of, you know, bad breath is better than none, I guess. So we just, uh, always is just a little more jacked up than that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I would maybe disagree to a certain extent because of when it is picked before it's ripened and then it travels and then it's not organic and there's not the same quality nutrient. I used to do a lot of uh, resonance testing muscle strength and, and see how uh, coherent and how energetic that particular item is. And the proof really is in the pudding. If it's been, if it's been, I guess the word shortcut or, or taking, um, you, you know, the cheap is expensive way in terms of less quality. Uh, and, you know, my wife always says the, the lazy person works twice as hard. I think it's true in terms of if you're not getting a good quality nutrient and it's not taking all these painstakingly ways to make it that much more effective, um, then cheap is expensive and you're not getting the value out of it, which is a good segue, Brad, in terms of, I know you're really proud of not just the anecdotal feedback that you get from people that use your product, but if I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, okay, you've talked about how good the quality is and how, how we've done painstakingly ways to make it organic. And I love the idea that you work with um, at risk uh, and, and, and the, the giving back to the community and everything that's going on. But from your point of view, because I want to compare our notes and I can bring a certain element of the, the environment and the genetics and the potentials. And we say the genetics is the loaded gun, the environment are the triggers and the people that are dealing with major health challenges um, have the perfect storm of these loaded guns going off all over the place. And I'm always happy to recommend pure sulforaphane powder from you guys to my people that listen to me, 
because it's a not adultered. And I always say companies get greedy with their products, meaning they put all these different things in there that have different qualities and, and excipients, and it may not be organic and toxic tagalongs and things that you may not need at that particular time, even though another ingredient like sulforaphane is pretty much open to be using at the very beginning in the middle at the end. Um, so I, I love the idea of just giving the sulforaphane powder on its own and not being concerned if I've never heard of you before. Like a lot of people will email me, hey, what's the best product for this or that or the other? And like, I don't know you from Adam, so I can't really recommend, but I don't have a problem recommending sulforaphane because I know how important NERF2 support is and the physiological processes that are involved in that. But from your point of view, with the research that you've done and seen, um, with the anecdotal um, feedback that you're getting from people saying, hey, it did this, that, and the other, what are the most important benefits that you're seeing now that we're getting into, what does it actually do for you? Like, what are you seeing from, from the people and the research that you're doing on your own? Yeah, I think the key word, because the key word with glutathione is, is inflammation. And when we talk about NRF2, the, the, uh, the protein versus the pathway that allows the NRF2 protein to make its way to the cell, it's, it's, it's kind of a, like power washing every cell in your body. And so if your cells are inflamed, if your cells are, first they become, first you contract a, 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 a toxic uh, ingredient of some kind, a virus or a, bac or a bacteria or whatever. And then it forages around the so-called uh, free radicals. It then starts running around inside your body looking for a weakness. That's your immune system. If it finds some weak cells, as you know, the, the, the free radicals are because they have an imbalanced uh, uh, valence. And so they'll attach themselves to it. And then the question is, are they gonna be successful at, at infecting that cell? If they are successful in infecting that cell, kind of one apple, rotten apple ruins the whole barrel, then they just feed on each other and, and away you go. If your immune system and your cells are, are adequately immune and able to defend themselves, then that toxic, that free radical will go off somewhere else and, and end up uh, dying a natural death and you'll expel it. So sulforaphane so uh, doesn't, uh, do anything for uh, inflammation directly, but it cleanses your liver and allows the glutathione to be produced. And then it goes and the whole thing becomes a domino. As often is the case, the, the, the root cause. So people, we tend to treat symptoms, not the root cause. And so sulforaphane gets at the root cause. It's, it's an inflamed cell and it kind of emanates from there. And that's what sulforaphane does a similar thing in the pancreas because we know fatty, fatty pancreas is like fatty liver and uh, it, it blocks the production of insulin. And so we find people that are on sulforaphane, this sulforaphane, certainly uh, their A1Cs. And we just have loads of people with A1Cs in the nine and 10 range that within 60 days or so go to seven. We find people with cholesterol over 200 that goes below 100 within 30 days. I mean, this is crazy. Now, will it do that for everyone? 
Boy, I don't, I, I can't imagine it well, but the way to find out is to try it. So we emphasize just because it works in the lab, just because Harvard said it works, or Johns Hopkins says it works, and just because Joe Smith said it helped him, doesn't mean it's gonna help me. And so at the end of the day, as you say, the biome is so complicated. And, uh, and uh, so we just finding that people that are taking this, I've got a guy right now that just had a valve replaced who's been on this product for about three years. And after three days uh, of having this cracked his chest open, the whole deal, none of this baby stuff, this kitty stuff of arthroscopic, they cracked him wide open, replaced a valve. He's 75 years old. And uh, it, three days later, he's home and he's off his meds. He's taking no pain medication, zero. He does not taking anything but he's been on sulforaphane for a couple of years, three years now. And they measured things like, you know, what are your glutathione levels? You know, they're off the, they're off the scale. And we know that uh, there's a local doctor here of the name of Horowitz, who's done a lot of study with COVID, which is a trans, which is a very transitory virus. It's like you mentioned Lyme, Lyme disease, very transitory. My wife is a 25 year chronic Lyme uh, sufferer. She hasn't had, an episode in, in three years since she's been on heavy duty broccoli, so on and so forth. So yeah, proof is in the pudding, but uh, boys, a lot of people out there have been eating the pudding and it does, it, and it coordinates with very nicely with what uh, the lab says, what Hopkins says. And, and uh, a lot of work done on this in China, by the way, the Chinese have really knocked themselves out to uh, to get at this sulforaphane cleans, cleansing of NRF2 pathways, et cetera. So we just say, well, give it a try. If, it, if after 30 days, your energy level, you know, hasn't improved, you're, you talked about mycotoxins, the mold issues, major, you know, people just, they just beginning to say, what do you mean mold? Yeah, mold. And uh, that's what we hear from Lyme patients. A anyway, it's, it's uh, I think I think we got something. I keep saying I think we got something, and my wife keeps telling me, you know, you're starting to believe this stuff yourself. And I mean, she does too. We say that kiddingly because it works, and people say, oh my god, this stuff actually works. Now I'm not suggesting it works on everybody, but I know it works on a lot of people. No, it's quite amazing stuff. And back to the original reason why I was so happy to reach back out to you, because I remember I did this video on sulforaphane and then I got this email and then maybe a year went by and I do eight hours a day of genetic test interpretations for people that are exhausted and burnt out. And ultimately what I find, and I think people resonate with this, and you mentioned Hippocrates, but I think um, if you, uh, Denon Hardham was one of the original um, pioneers of inflammation is behind all chronic health issues or just right. aging in and of itself. And what I uh, explained to people what NERF2 is, is the analogy of if you're in a building and you have a sprinkler system on the ceiling so that if there's smoke or fire, God forbid, knock on wood, um, that kicks in and it senses the smoke and the water gets released. That's a great analogy to what NERF2 is. NERF2 is the sensor so that it actually releases the water. So I always tell people when I look at their genetics and I see that they have these NERF2 weaknesses, meaning 
it doesn't, it senses the smoke, but it doesn't turn it on and it doesn't release the water. It's like sitting at the side of a fire with a hose in your hand and you're not turning it on. And would that make the fire burn more and, and, and create more damage? Of course it would. And that creates oxidation you mentioned in your cells and that will cause further DNA damage, protein damage, cellular damage, membrane damage. And that's really what aging is all about. And you mentioned pancreas as well. Um, the pancreas, we not just in terms of um, balancing your blood glucose, but it's also very important for enzyme activity, right? So um, we find when people um, don't move their iron effectively, iron can get trapped in the pancreas and that will create a lot of hydrogen peroxide. And if we're not signaling our um, glutathione to be released, because that's what Nerf 2 does. It's not just the signaler of the turning on the fire hose. It helps to make the glutathione. And most importantly, it helps to recycle it, meaning once it's already been used up, it can go ahead and have it be recycled back up so it can be used once again. So it's not even a good analogy anymore just to say it's turning on the water to be able to um, put out the fires. It's actually making the water and then it's refilling the storage of the water in the actual, uh, um, I guess, reservoir, if you will. Um, and not only that, I, I showed you a little bit earlier and I will create a little pathway before this podcast begins on how it balances the growth and the repairing. So you use the analogy of, um, uh, of the, the crops and, or I'll use the analogy of the crops where you, you wanna grow at the beginning of the season and create a beautiful yield. Um, but when the season's over, you want to plow the field and allow those unused particles to get reused up and recycled and cleared out. And that's called autophagy. And in our body, if we're not getting the autophagy turned on where we can recycle out our dead cells or our proteins or uh, chemicals or even bacterias, um, then you're, you're not going, you're constantly going to be in this signaling of growth and production. And that's why you could see more cancers and cardiovascular diseases and growths and stuff like that. And Nerf 2 also balances that as well. So the only thing I would say is in terms of some of the protocols where I, I would make a, a recommendation to someone more specifically based on what their environment and their specific genetics tell me what's going on is I wouldn't want them to necessarily have Nerf 2 every day, all day. And I'll explain why. Basically what it means is we still want growth, right? You, you can't be plowing the fields while you're growing at the same time. And, and so what I like to do is I like to pulse. So I'll say, okay, Mrs. Jones, we're gonna be doing more growth-like things today, more proteins, more carbohydrates, more B vitamins, maybe strength training. Um, I don't wanna be plowing the fields at that time. So maybe I take a break from doing my antioxidant systems. And then once I uh, have grown a little bit, um, then it's like going to the gym. If I'm going to the gym all the time and I'm never taking a day off, I'm always watering the plant, it needs sunlight and rest to grow. And I think that's a really important point 
in terms of that would be the only thing and you could still do it every day. But if I'm looking at the most effective outcome for the people that are most health challenged, I want them to understand the oscillating between yin and yang, between growing and repairing and recycling. So I think that's a, a really important point as well. Um, as far as your, um, as far as any other clinical pearls or um, other, other things that we haven't talked about yet that you see, because you said, you, you know, I think there's something here. There is something here. And when I look at all of the people that I work with that are exhausted and burnt out, ultimately they have some kind of problem with signaling their antioxidants, turning on the hose, making the water, recycling the water, and sulforaphane does that. So um, as far as anything that we haven't talked about yet that you'd like to add to this. Yeah, I think the other side and the analogy that, that, that we use, I use sometimes is your house has wires and, and pipes and, and both of them will oxidize. You can get rusty pipes or plugged up pipes and you can also get rusty and plugged up wires. So the neurodegenerative area, we're finding some interesting uh, things there, uh, especially with, with, with autism and, and brain fog and early onset uh, dementia and so on and so forth. A lot of studies again have been done that it helps uh, cleanse the wires, the nerve system and whatnot, as well as the, as well as the pipes. So again, it's a pro proof is in the pudding. We find people, and one of the advantages that I have uh, is I'm older, I'm old. There aren't many advantages to being old, but this is this might be one of them is that I'm telling you that once you hit 70, 75, 76, you're, you're, you're more challenged from an, from an energy level. And uh, I work a 12 hour day, six days a week, and I can do six hours and nights about what I need. That didn't happen when I was 50 and 60 and 70. It's only in the last few years that I've been keeping my NRF2. And uh, I, I took a physical uh, last week, week before last, and my doctor, who's a good friend of mine, and he said, when did you last take a physical? And I said, I don't know, it was 2009. It's embarrassing. That first, last time I took a full physical. And I haven't seen him literally for a cold or, or anything else for about four years, five years since I've been, first it was the raw broccoli that we were eating and now it's much easier. It's much easier to take the powder. And I take two teaspoons a day, sometimes one. You say pulse. Yeah, some days if I feel really good, yeah, I may, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll skip it. I actually forget it a lot too. But uh, and if you feel a little down or a little logy, uh, sinuses was a problem for me for years. I have no sinus problems, haven't had for several years. And a lot of my people that are using this thing. So it, it, yeah, as you say, the, Mother Nature had, I think she had it figured out, and we have accidentally uh, stumbled upon a way to produce this in a, in a raw, live form, just like the dinosaurs ate it by picking it and, uh, and eating it, and uh, it seems to have some great, some great efficacy. So we, we, we love to work with people, and, and, and people are starting to lean away from the synthetic opioid, uh, steroid, statin world knowing that while yeah it may, might probably will make my pain go away but in the long run you know it 
deteriorates my liver and my kidneys and my pancreas and so on and so forth. Kidneys are another thing we've had just crazy uh, uh, results with. We, we, we've had just amazing results with people who have compromised kidneys. And that's, that's happening within, you know, within 10 days or, or, or two weeks, their kidney, uh, their, their kidneys uh, oper operate more 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 efficiently so yeah give it a try that's all we can say and uh and uh, again I'm, I'm i'm hesitant to say the other stuff the competition doesn't work because i think it i think it does but i'd like to kind of work on you know maybe a stronger dose of it that's all i mean i've telephone i grew up in a little town of 100 people on the quebec border in maine and i remember when we got our first telephone it was a crank telephone and uh and uh it worked fine it worked fine but it didn't work like the one we're on right now. Uh, so if you had your choice, this smartphone is way beyond a crank phone or smoke signals or whatever they used even before that. But uh, I, I think we're in the next, ver we're, at the ne we're in the next version of natural, uh, of, of providing something where you can ingest massive quantities of broccoli uh, equivalents uh, not the least of which you just take the water out of them. You've multiplied the dens density by 10 times. And uh, I, I think we're in, the, uh, we're, we're in the next phase of how to deliver natural, natural products with living, with living components. And we're, we're, yeah. we're really excited to work with your people because you have the same vision that we, if there's something that's going to that's gonna kill humanity, it's going to be it's going to be malnourished. We're all going to be sick. We're, our immune system is going to disappear and we're going to die. That's how the dinosaurs died. The dinosaurs died from, uh, from lack of food, which came from lack of, 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 of light energy, which came from the meteor hitting and came wherever, whatever story you believe. But the one thing that's for sure is they lived 165 years. Some of them had life expectancies of 300 years old. And the only thing that could kill them is they killed the plants. And so as long as you're eating like a dinosaur, I think you've got a, you've got a better shot at having not only a longer, uh, but, uh, and health in this country is measured by how long you live, not your quality. And so I think to live to be a hundred is good, but to get sick at 50 and live to be a hundred is not much in that, so. Yeah, you, you know, there's a, it's 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 refreshing because I, I think that we've been our big man has big our been our biggest enemy in terms of not preserving the earth. And you ask the Native American what their opinion on what we've done is we've really adulterated it. And, you know, food is medicine and not having the minerals in the soils and and just having contaminants and chemicals it really has impacted our nutrition and to be able to give this gift of this ingredient that's certified organic and is extremely high in its potent potencies and what it does physiologically you you're 100 percent right as mother nature had it right and these nutrients that we get from the earth if they're unadulterated and they're high rich in soils and 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 elements and and all the minerals that you need, it really helps your body heal. And it's stronger than any prescriptive medication. And I'm sure that's why the pharmaceutical industry is not happy about having these really highly, you know, effective right. nutrients. 
And to speak to your more energy, I always tell people, Brad, I'm, I'm a consultant to your body and, and your body has a demand and supply problem. And if you're inflamed and you're not signaling and turning on your fire hose, then you have an increased demand and a decreased supply. And when you have an increased demand and decreased supply, that's where in real life you have to make sacrifices and you say, okay, I'm not going to travel. I'm not going to go out for dinner. I'm not going to buy those extra, extra luxury items. I'm only going to keep the essentials on like the power and potentially just get the basics. And that's what your body does. It, it, it only maintains the most essential things. Um, but when you decrease the demand and supply imbalance, and you start to lower the demand and increase the supply, in your case, you mentioned about having amounts of energy. That's where you get that extra energy. If I can have you as a business consultant to your body, pay down your expenses, you're gonna have that much more income biochemically to spend on other things that you haven't been able to do before. And that's really what it's all about. So the other thing I wanted to add is, is that I love the idea of, you know, people can't that have microbiome issues can't tolerate raw vegetables in the fiber form that they are. So they cook it at high temperatures and then they take away the enzymes and the nutrients. But when you put it in a powder, it keeps all the goodness in there and it allows a person's microbiome to assimilate that. The only other thing I would add is, is that some people read the internet and Dr. Google and say, oh, broccoli isn't good because of uh, potentially it's goitrogenic. And what I tell people is, is that you take out the, the bad when you potentiate a sulforaphane and you're just getting the chemical properties of the effect of nutrients and you don't have to worry about some of those um, things that you read on the, on the internet with um, the, that the downfall of broccoli. So, um, Brett, I want to, I want to thank you for your time. I always have, uh, an, a question that I ask my guests, um, and before we leave, and it's like knowing what you know now with what you wish you would have known then. So I always say like the sage, like Brad now with, you know, the bright eyed and bushy tailed when you were in your younger years, um, what would you have told yourself or done differently to have supported your health um, a lot better um, knowing in your sage-like wisdom now um, what you didn't know back then? Yeah, it's the old, uh, it's the old country western song, uh, Waylon Jennings. He said, if I'd have known I was going to live this long, I'd have taken better care of myself. <laughs> so, uh, and you mentioned Native Americans. My grandfather was, uh, was uh, uh, born and raised on the Penobscot Indian Reservation in Maine, which is not a big deal where I'm from. Everybody, somebody said to you, you got, you know, Indian blood Indian. Doesn't, doesn't everybody? Well, I found out when I came into the real world, uh, not everybody does, but that I probably uh, would have concentrated more earlier on, you know, my diet. I was kind of a candy-holic, a sugar-holic, alcoholic. It's all the same thing. It's all glucose. And, uh, I would have probably started earlier, but my kids, uh, we have six children and uh, we have 20 grandchildren. And wow. for me to take, for me to take uh, a great, you know, they come visit us now and then, then none of them live in this area, but one of them in particular. And so the idea of going to McDonald's, you know, to have a nice big Mac or something, you know, my 10 year old grandson would like, 
no way. You know, I don't believe we're doing this. Mom would kill me. I said, don't worry about mom. I, I, we, we can figure her out. He said, well, I just, I, they don't eat that stuff. This is a 10 year old. So I think if I could go back and do something different, I would, uh, I'd be more averse to, uh, to my diet. But the other, even like smoking, as I say, I grew up, uh, you know, 20 miles from Quebec, Canada. And I mean, everybody, we're all loggers and everybody smoked. I mean, smoking a pack a day. We had a smoking room in the elementary school. I went to a one room K through K through eight school in one room. And, uh, and if you were in sixth, seventh or eighth grade, uh, you could smoke. <laughs> that was a big deal. I don't think that's a good idea anymore, but uh, uh, even though where I'm from, they still do. You're, you're, aren't you from up North somewhere originally? I'm from Toronto. Yeah. I'm originally yeah. from Canada. Yep. Yeah. The Canadians and the, you know, us Northern, the Mainers, uh, yeah, I thought we thought we were Canadian until I got out of high school. We were we were 20 miles from Canada and 70 miles from, you know, the nearest movie theater. But it's it's lifestyle. It's lifestyle. And the younger generation, I think they're getting it. I think it's we're getting great reception uh, as preventive because preventive is really a tough nut to crack because unless you're sick, it's when you get desperate. It's when you get the Lyme disease or when you start getting chronic fatigue and you can't figure out what it is that you're getting desperate. And so I think uh, if you could not wait until you're desperate uh, to find something, take, take better care of yourself when you're, when you're younger. Easier said than yeah. done. You know, it, it, it is good words of wisdom. The body is incredibly resilient and incredibly forgiving, as you see with your testimonials with people who haven't necessarily taken good care of their body, and they get on a, a really consistent regimen of sulforaphane. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be a magic wand. I mean, it can be very, very effective. Um, but obviously, if you want to take your health to the next level, then you start making additional changes and, and, and lifestyle changes that are proactive and healthy. It's interesting, if you go to YouTube and you Google like 1960s or even 1950s or 40s cigarette commercials, they were even having doctors that were uh, advocating and endorsing cigarettes because they would yes. increase um, you know, respiratory function and so forth. It's, it's amazing how that is, but yes. um, yeah. I have so a story I, about my dad. My dad ran a general store in this town of 100 people, as I say, up in the mountain, western mountains of Maine and Appalachia. And we would have full size cutouts of beautiful women smoking cigarettes, saying, if you want to look like this, smoke because it's great for your diet. And it is. Nicotine is a, is a, is a dietary supplement for sure. But yeah, they were promoting it as, uh, as being very healthy. And they got away with that for a long time. And uh, the same with synthetic uh, pharmaceuticals and drugs. They've gotten away with it for a long, long time. And that's one of the headwinds we have, certainly, is they're not excited that if you start taking sulforaphane, then things like, like, like wound will heal much faster. Diabetics, just keep it, stay away from the, the diabetics. The podiatrists are, are doing really well on foot sores, for example. You take sulforaphane within... Within 30 days, it's amazing what happens to uh, healing. If you have blisters, if you have blisters on your feet or whatever, just put some, mix some some of this powder with uh, with aloe and put it on them. They'll, they'll be gone in, in a few hours. <laughs> they'll literally be be done. So what what can I say? 
That's amazing, amazing stuff. And that's why I was excited to A, interview you and get your take and B, start to work with you and present this product and have it readily available for people and then C, educate them to why it's so important. So we are starting to make uh, this product available to our listeners so that they can have that. And there'll be a link in the, in the show notes. But hey, Brad, I want to thank you so much for being here. And I want to thank Carol for the introduction. I see sort of the, the hero behind the scenes as well, I'm sure. And, um, you, you know, tell her I say hello and I appreciate it. I will. It. She's hiding. That. She's very camera shy. I can't get her. Okay. Very camera shy. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get her on on, uh, on a video one of these days. One of these days. All right. Well, listen, I appreciate all that you do. And then I'm probably going to want to talk to you a little bit about the vitamin A off the notes, off the off the record for, for another project potentially. But um, thank you so much for what you do. And, um, and I appreciate everything that you guys uh, represent over there. Good. Thanks. Pleasure. Thanks for tuning into today's Truth About Your Health podcast, where our mission is to expose the truth about adrenal fatigue to burnt out men and women so that we can empower 100 million people to go from exhausted to energized. If you've liked what you've heard today and you're interested to see if this is a good fit for you to work with our Truth About Adrenal Fatigue recovery program, here's what to do next. Head on over to the truthaboutadrenalfatigue.com, all one word, forward slash podcast, forward slash booking. Again, the truthaboutadrenalfatigue.com, forward slash podcast, forward slash booking, and book an appointment to speak to one of our team members. Here's how it works. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and get crystal clear on three things. Number one, where exactly are you right now with your health? What's working? Troubleshoot everything that you're doing or not doing. And most importantly, figure out what's being missed and how much it's impacting you. On the flip side, we'll then tell you what would your health be like if it was solved and what would you be doing differently and what would that look like? So that by the end of the call, we will tell you everything that we think you need to do to bridge that gap and do it quickly. If we feel like you're a good fit for what we do, we'll tell you exactly how that will work. But there's no obligation to have to do any further work together. That way, no matter what happens, the call is going to give you tremendous value, hope, and direction. Remember, getting your energy back just won't happen by itself. And our mission is to empower 100 million people to go from exhausted to energized, as we've been helping coaching clients all over the world be able to transform their lives. Isn't it time for you to transform yours? Head on over to the truthaboutadrenalfatigue.com forward slash podcast forward slash booking and book your discovery call today.